0: You're listening to PetLiferadio.com. This is My Dog Digs Dirt, and I'm your host, Lauren Collier. Now, I don't know about you, but it intrigues me to no end learning about all the different types and varieties of jobs our canines can do. You've probably heard about dogs working as police officers, as guide dogs, as military dogs, right? But have you ever heard about dogs who work in the courtroom? There is a fascinating program called Courthouse Dogs Foundation that promotes the use of dogs in the courtroom to provide comfort and emotional support to people in legal proceedings who might need help. Stay tuned. When My Dog Digs Dirt returns, we meet one of the founders of this growing and very important program. Are you confused by the overwhelming number of supplements for your dog? Developed by a veterinarian, Dr. Baker's All-Natural Canine System Saver is designed to address many of the common problems your dog faces today, including allergies, inflammatory diseases, arthritis, hip dysplasia, geriatric problems, and more. Restore and maintain your dog's health with Dr. Baker's All-Natural Canine System Saver. Order two bottles today and receive 20% off plus free shipping. Visit Canine System To get this special offer, enter coupon code RS20 at checkout. Let's Talk Pets on PetLifeRadio.com My Dog Digs Dirt is back. Please welcome the fabulous Celeste Walson, one of the founders and now the executive director of the Courthouse Dogs Foundation. Celeste, thrilled to have you. Thank you so much for having me. Uh, well, I have to tell our listeners that Celeste was actually a guest on my pet talk show. Uh, we did a segment on the courthouse dogs, and it was really a huge success. Our viewers at the time just couldn't get enough. They were so interested in this topic, so I wanted to bring this to my listeners here on My Dog Digs Dirt because, Celeste, this is really sort of interesting. It's, it's a new field. Wouldn't you say having dogs in the courtroom?
1: Oh, absolutely. It's an innovative practice to support vulnerable individuals in the legal system using professionally trained assistance dogs. The very first dog to do this was placed in 2004, and right now in the United States, there are 112 of these dogs working.
0: Now, let our listeners know, you don't actually train the dogs. You train the people how to train these dogs. Is that right?
1: No, no. No, that's close, Lauren. Okay. Courthouse Dogs Foundation promotes the use of dogs in this way. We train judges, attorneys, law enforcement personnel, victim advocates, forensic interviewers how to use the dogs in such a way as to not lose a case. Okay. And the accredited assistance dog organizations and nonprofits all over the United States and Canada that are part of Assistance Dogs International train these assistance dogs and place them with the legal professionals.
0: Okay, but they are, of course, specially trained. These aren't just pets. Like I know my pet would never do it because she'd be just laying there, but they're (laughs) right and wanting food. Right, Uh, it's about a two-year training process.
1: Absolutely. It's so interesting to me as a veterinarian, the skills that these dogs need are sometimes so different from what, you know, we think about a pet therapy dog and the use of that dog, the charm of the dog is he wants you to pet him, right? Mm, He wants to come over to people and say, hey, look at me, you know, and they're (laughs) so wonderful. But these dogs are very different from that because they cannot interrupt the legal proceedings. So they're very, very calm and Don't go to anyone or make eye contact and ask for attention unless you ask them to do that. But the dogs are specially bred by the assistance dog organization. And then, yes, you're correct, they undergo two years of training to be up to the level where they could be in a courtroom.
0: Now it seems like most of them are labs. We're going to tell listeners how they can log on to your website as well, so they can see some of these photos. And here on my dog digs dirt. Is that typically the type of dog that's being used?
1: Yes, almost all of the assistance dog organizations use Labradors or Goldens or a cross of those two. Now we know of two Labradoodles also oh. that are doing this work.
0: Well, I mean, it's so amazing and really so important, Celeste. I really, I just give you so much credit. How did you think this up, really? Uh, basically, you started about 2008 or so. I remember when you were on the show; you were just sort of getting off the ground.
1: Right, we became a nonprofit back then. But the way that the concept first got started was my partner Ellen O'Neill Stevens was a prosecuting attorney in Seattle, Washington, and one day a week. Her son's service dog from Canine Companions couldn't be with him due to some care issues. And she brought that dog to the courthouse with her and used him to assist teenagers in juvenile drug court, which is a court-mandated drug treatment program. And she saw what an incredible impact this dog, Jeter, had on the teenagers. Mm. And it has just taken off since then. It often takes someone seeing the dog with someone to see what an impact it can have.
0: And I imagine you must have gotten a little bit of a resistance because when the dog walks in, that would create probably some kind of sympathy if it was, you know, jurors there. Were those some of the issues that you face?
1: Oh, absolutely. So, um, you know, we in the United States and in Canada, almost everybody loves loves dogs. Yeah. So for the jury to see a cute dog curled up with a child might make that child seem more vulnerable. Mm-hmm. It might give them more credibility. And so in a best practice world, the jury doesn't see the dog. The jury is out of the courtroom. The child and the dog or the rape victim and the dog are brought under the witness stand. And, you know, there's usually a half wall there. Then the jury's brought back in and here's the testimony. And once again leaves while yeah. the witness leaves the courtroom with the dog.
0: Now, are there certain types of witnesses, certain types of, you know, people that... Uh, using these dogs? Is it just maybe younger victims, or does it really, it just doesn't matter? It can be any age. I would think this would be very comforting to somebody.
1: Well, Lauren, they are good for everyone. The statutes, we have four states now that have passed laws allowing facility dogs onto the stand with vulnerable witnesses. Now, children are vulnerable by the nature of their age, but an elderly person, a person with uh, cognitive difficulties, a rape victim who's going to have to face the perpetrator in the courtroom, there's lots of factors that can make it very difficult for someone to tell their side of the story.
0: Absolutely. So not just anybody can say, hey, I want one of those dogs.
1: No, there's not enough dog to go around.
0: Yeah. <laughs> well,
1: you're right. Now, absolutely.
0: Right. Because it would really seem to help anyone there. Now, what, Celeste, give us an idea of what would a typical court case be for a dog from the dog's point of view? How would that work?
1: So one of the most important things is that the individual witness has to have a bond with the dog if it's going to be used in the courtroom. And so typically, let's take a child, an eight-year-old that comes to a child advocacy center around allegations that a crime has occurred. That child has to go through a forensic interview where no one can be in the room, their mother, their aunt, no one can be in the room to help them. And they meet the dog at that point. They play in the lobby. The Mm -hmm. dog goes into the forensic interview room with them and lies on the couch with them. The dog may accompany them to a forensic medical exam. And then when they meet the prosecutor, so the dog is involved with the child for many weeks through the process.
0: The dog doesn't
1: just meet the child the day of the trial. During the trial or hearings, the dog curls up quietly at the child's feet in the witness box and allows itself to be petted.
0: Wow. And what about, uh, is there a handler present with the animal? How does the animal sort of know what to do?
1: Ah, well, of course, all these dogs you understand, they're called facility dogs by the assistance dog industry. They all have a primary handler, and after hours, they're just fantastic pets. And that handler handles them at work. So in most of the proceedings, a handler is there. During the forensic interview, the mm-hmm. handler can't be in the room. They're watching right. through a one-way mirror. And in the courtroom, no one can be up on the witness stand with the dog. But in those cases, you know dogs are situational learners. Right. And the handler works with the dog, and the dog has one job in the witness stand, and that's lie down and be still and be quiet. And uh, they learn really easily. So in that case, the witness is actually holding the leash wow. while the dog is with them.
0: So I imagine the handler would be nearby as close as could be just, you know, to be there to hand off the dog and such.
1: Exactly. They're in the courtroom. But, you know, these dogs are so stable and so well-trained. They're happy to be up there with the witness.
0: It's amazing. So they don't work sort of for food or for play, you know, because it seems like a lot of dogs that work, they want to play. Or like a police dog would have the play drive. My dog has the food drive. But you know what I mean? (laughs) What's the drive?
1: Exactly. So the assistance dog organizations are doing a fantastic job selecting the right dog for this job. The dogs are very non-reactive and very low, you might say low energy at home, they play. But their default behavior is to lie down and be quiet. And wow. they're happy to do this work. And no, there is no food with an assistance dog after they graduate. You know, they're right. trying to do their few behaviors. And they
0: do them. It's amazing. And who are some of the handlers? Where do they come from? Are these people that volunteer? Uh, How does that work, Celeste?
1: No, in a courthouse dog program, there is a professional dog with a professional handler. So the handlers are law enforcement officers, victim advocates, forensic interviewers, deputy prosecutors that work within the legal system.
0: It's just amazing. We're going to take a short break now, Celeste, but uh, we will have more on courthouse dogs right after this. Retrievers, Labradors, Goldens are the main breeds that come through our door, but we'll train anything with four legs and a tail. My husband and I own a kennel. We train hunting dogs and also have a boarding and grooming business. And our dogs, they're athletes, and we feed a very quality food. You can't get enzymes in a commercial dog food because they cook it at such a high heat that so much important nutrition is just cooked right out of it. But adding Dynavite to their diet has... Every single dog in my kennel looking better than they have ever looked.
1: D-I-N-O-V-I-T-E dot com. 859-428-1000. The omega-3 fatty acids. Flaxseed, zinc, alfalfa. The digestive enzymes that are cooked out of regular dog food. Dinovite. Is nutrition. If you want the dog to be healthy, you got to feed it something healthy. D-I-N-O-V-I-T-E. <laughs> Dynavite's the bomb. 859-428-1000. 859-428-1000. Dynavite for life. D-I-N-O-V-I-T-E.com.
0: Oh. It's designerpetsweaters.com. Hand-knitted designer sweaters for your precious pup or cool cat Let's talk pets. Let's talk pets. On Pet Life Radio. Pet Life Radio. PetLifeRadio.com. <laughs> My Dog Digs Dirt is back. I'm here with Celeste Walson, who is one of the founders and now the executive director of a wonderful, really important program called Courthouse Dogs Foundation. It's really, it must be thrilling for you, Celeste, to see when one of these dogs are working and see what a comfort they can be to some of these people. Are you just floored?
1: Well, yes, I am, Lauren. You know, I didn't know the dogs would have such an impact Just looking at a calm dog, of course, reduces your blood pressure and your heart rate, and when you're allowed to touch the dog, it has the same neurophysiological impact on you as a good friend, having their arm around you while you have to talk, and for a lot of children who can't get out the story of what happened to them, sitting down and snuggling up the dog, all of a sudden, they take a deep breath and they can talk, and sometimes they just tell the dog what happened to them.
0: It's amazing. Now, have you any favorite stories that you want to share of maybe one person that just came up to you and said, wow, you, you know, you completely changed my life with this?
1: Well, I have to tell you, we hear this really often. We used Molly with a 12-year-old who had been raped by um, father over a number of years Uh. and was on the witness stand doing uh, trial preparation and just could not get the details out. You understand, in a trial. A child has to tell the details. Uh, What did it sound like? What did it feel like? uh, And she just couldn't do it. And when we brought Molly up there, it was, oh, and she was able to sit there with her arm around Molly and talk. uh, And so when you see that day and night difference, it's just tremendous.
0: Ah, oh, and of course, Molly B is your courthouse facility dog, right? Who happens to live with you sometimes, right? Is that gorgeous? Yeah. One of the gorgeous black labs on your website. Yeah. I mean, that's, it's just absolutely fabulous. Now, what about the reaction that you're getting in general? Obviously, it's positive because I know you continue to grow, but are you feeling good about that? Are you getting resistance from any areas that you didn't think you might have?
1: Well, we're still getting resistance slightly from the legal system because it's always easier to do things the way you've always done them. But believe it or not, Lauren, our biggest problem is that people want to bring their pet dogs in to do this work. And, you know, that's just not fair to the dog. Most pet dogs do not want to sit still in an office for eight hours a day. And so... Yeah, we try to do a lot of education, explaining to DA offices and to child advocacy centers how they can get one of these fabulous, professionally trained dogs. To Absolutely,
0: do the work. because I could see that because you know you do want to help, and it's such a great program. But of course, the dog really does have to be trained because, as you said, they just sit there and uh, really <laughs> don't move. Yeah, I mean, it's just it's, it's just amazing. Now you have a conference coming up, isn't that true? Up in September.
1: Exactly. We have a conference in Bellevue, Washington, near Seattle, on September 23rd and 24th, where we're going to have fabulous speakers for two days, talking about using the dogs in play therapy to help children recover from their trauma, as well as in the courtroom.
0: Does it amaze you still what these dogs can do? I mean, it just, every time I hear about something like this, it's just unbelievable.
1: It just shows you how very strong the bond between humans and dogs is. It's just Ah. completely subconscious, and it just happens.
0: Now, we want people to know that yours is a nonprofit organization, so you probably could use some help, but what are you looking for? Donations, Celeste, I'm sure. How else can people help you out, and how can the listeners who might be interested in this learn more about this?
1: We would love to have people come to our website, www.courthousedogs.org. We, of course, have a donate button, and we can always use money for more outreach to more areas in the country. And another way that people could get involved is to let your local DA or police department know about this program. Most legal professionals have never heard of using a dog like this.
0: No, absolutely, and I think that's really important. You know, you really want to spread the word, and that's why we're talking today, because it is so very important. Hopefully, it will never happen to you or someone you know, but if you are in the situation, this could be something that really helps you out. And I imagine even attorneys will seek you out as well for some of their clients.
1: Oh, absolutely. You know... Uh, prosecutors have a relationship with the crime victims over many months while they're preparing for trial. And when they hear about this, sometimes they reach out to us and say, is there any dog in blank state, you know, who could come and help me? And sometimes we're able to hook them up with the right dog.
0: And so you're able to do that. It's just lovely. There's how many? 112 dogs working in 22 states? In
1: 33 states now.
0: 33 states. Congratulations. There you go. I knew it was growing and growing. And how many states allow this? Do all or how do you know if if this is okay where you live?
1: Oh, actually, the presence of a dog in the courtroom is completely at the discretion of the judge in each case. So, yes, it could happen anywhere.
0: So it could be anywhere. So once again, I really want to encourage our listeners to get in touch with you, Celeste. Are you on Facebook as well, um, Courthouse Dogs Foundation? How else can we find you? I know you have your website.
1: Absolutely. We'd love to have people follow us on Facebook we try to post stories about things happening all over Canada and the United States with the dogs.
0: Well, it's brilliant. And you're helping so many people. I'm so glad you're here today and I'm so proud to help spread the word and I hope our listeners will log on and also help you out with a donation if they can. It's just just really, bravo to you, Celeste.
1: Thank you so much for this opportunity, Lauren.
0: You're so welcome. Thank you for being here. And everybody, thank you for listening. This has been My Dog Digs Dirt. I'm your host, Lauren Collier.